0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio.
1: So let's uh, dig a little bit deeper into commercial real estate. Back with us, a friend of our show, Kent Swig, is president of Swig Equities, a real estate development and investment firm. They focus on commercial and residential properties in New York City, also in California. And he is back with us uh, on the phone in New York. Kent, it is good to have you back with us. How are you?
0: I am good. It's nice to be back and um, I'm in my office and working and um, it's uh, I, I, I'm more optimistic certainly than I have been in a long time.
1: Well, that's what I was curious because we, we caught up in, uh, I think, December around the holidays and so here we are a couple of months later. Um, are you seeing more people come into your office? Are you seeing more people come into some of the properties that you own? Tell us kind of the trends that you're hearing.
0: Well, it's... Um, It's beginning to happen a little bit, yes. Um, I would say the average uh, right now in New York City of occupancy, you know, people going into the building, not least per se, uh, is about 12%, maybe 13%. So it it hasn't changed all that significantly. However, um, the activity level that we're seeing in terms of commercial, in terms of tenants starting to look and starting to become more active, and certainly on the residential front, it's as active as it's been since, you know, the past. Six seven years, um, so th- that's a good sign going forward. So I'd say new deal transaction volume is starting to pick up.
1: I don't know if you heard the the quote from Jamie Dimon. We caught up with him. Our Ed Hammond yes. did, and you know he's talked about remote work will reduce the need for commercial real estate. You agree with him?
0: Uh, I, I don't uh, entirely, and, I, and, and for two reasons. Um, first, I'll qualify by saying uh, I think that some I think the idea of working from home is something that is part of our workforce today and has not been had not been previously. So that part I agree with him. However, I don't know that it's going to translate directly into into a less amount of office space being occupied. Um, so whereas people, uh, there was Stanford University did a study uh, uh, just before COVID, um, which was interesting, saying that about 29% of the people said, of the workforce around the United States, said they would be interested in working from home one day a week. Mm-hmm. And there was about 35% that said, not a chance. Um, <laughs> that, I think, would be very interesting to see where we are today, certainly. Right. Um, but I think one day a week, somewhere in there, people will be working from home. I think it's somewhat efficient to do that. Again, if you have a lot of, emails one day and you want to work from home and answer them and not have office distraction or telephone distraction yes it's good working from home is a factor and will continue uh, past the COVID um, pandemic when we recede from that. However, that doesn't mean that we're going to translate into fewer amount or less amount of square footage being occupied. The reason is, is because I think the trend since 1987 has been going to, you know, more compact, more jammed together offices from, uh, you know, in 1987 was about 350 square feet per person and we dropped down to about 175 square feet per person. I think that trend is going to be moving the other way, because I think health and safety and, and traffic flow is going to increase in terms of its uh, importance. So, um, you know, taking our temperatures going in during flu season, I think is going to be part of everyday life. I think having occupancy of a little bit more space per person is going to be a part of our life. So, mm-hmm. I don't see it translating into, into taking that much less space.
1: Listen, you're, you know, someone who I can tell loves New York like I do. Uh, I think that's safe to say. And and it kind of k- kills me when I like drive down an avenue and see though how much real estate, you know, especially re- retail space and not a surprise, I guess, um, but it's rough to see so much boarded up and empty. And I do wonder what's, what's the downfall? I mean, is there the commercial real estate market? Does it come undone or do, are you starting to see the private equity investors and other investors? I don't know, or, you know, looking at some distressed properties. Are you looking at distressed properties?
0: Well, y- yes, we are. Uh, okay. We're looking at distressed properties, both commercial and residentially. Um, but specifically with the retail, um, retail has been devastated. Absolutely no question about it. Retail depends on massive street traffic, people going out and feeling safe, uh, all of which has not happened. But we are now, with the third vaccine that's been cleared, um, we're looking at a summer where, you know, we're going to have a very high percentage of our population uh, inoculated against the vaccine. And I think well, people will be starting to go back out. Now, what's going to happen is what has happened and it's going to continue to happen is rents for retail is going to, are going to continue to drop, and they have dropped. Um, retail tenants have been hurt, and I think we're going to end up with a game of musical chairs where tenants are going to be moving from one place to the other. And, yes, it's going to take time to get the restaurants back up and operating, but they will come back up and they will be operating. And next, the hotels will start getting back up and operating. And it's not going to happen in a month, but it's certainly going to take, you know, it's going to take six months, seven months before this stuff starts really coming back. Mm -hmm. But the energy level of people and the frustration level of people who've been inside for a long, long time (laughs) that want to get out and want to go do something is clearly there led by the young population. If you go look in Miami right now, for instance, Mm -hmm. which is a different environment completely, and, and I won't give an opinion, you know, of Governor DeSantos and what his what he's doing versus Governor Cuomo in our state. Mm-hmm. But the restaurant, <laughs> nightclubs are heavily populated. Uh, whether safe or not is another thing, but it just tells you that even in the middle of the pandemic, people's desire to go out and want to go do something is certainly there. So I, I think it comes back.
1: Yes. Well is there though an ultimate fallout or long term impact impact on New York though, or is it just a case of we're gonna be using space differently?
0: Um, I think the ultimate, there is a long-term impact, I think, on on, on the hotel industry particularly, okay. because so the hotels have been closed for quite a long time. And um, I think the impact is, is on twofold. One, I think management and unions have to work together, because under the contracts with the union contracts, hotels couldn't open up partially because the contract said that they can, you know, if you open up, you have to have a certain number of staff. I think it was not, thought about for a pandemic environment. So I think that will change and allow for, you know, it would have allowed for hotels to partially open, but didn't. And two, um, there are a lot of hotels that just may not make it. And I think they may be converted into residential or some alternative space. So, you know, and and they are very dependent also on the airline industry and travel. So um, I think that's the last Piece that starts to come back. I think that the residential market uh, is certainly coming back right now. It's very very active. Um, we we had you know we had over forty contracts signed over four point four million dollars last week. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen anything like that since August of two thousand fifteen.
1: Who's coming um, back? So, or what is that? People in New York just getting more space for a better price, or what is it?
0: Well, it's a combination of everything. Um, uh, the, at first, in January and uh, the beginning of a little bit of February, um, you, what you saw is a lot of uh, of buying in one bedroom and studios because to get on the merry-go-round when it was traveling quickly, mm-hmm. um, to use a, a you know a, a little bit of a phrase. Um, it was very difficult, and you jumped on. if you'd have jumped on and you missed, it hurt. right now the merry-go-round slowed down a little bit, so you can jump right. on a lot easier. So a lot of first-time buyers are coming into the market right now and, and getting a chance and, and where they buy is one bedroom, two bedrooms, uh, pardon me, uh, studios and one bedrooms. What we're now seeing is a lot more activity on all the levels. I think the lagging part of the marketplace is three bedrooms, and, and that inventory is built up um, you know significantly from being one of the hottest uh, product types to being one of the, the lowest to come back right now.
1: Hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, and we caught up with our Emily Chang. She's marking 10 years of Bloomberg Technology, her broadcast. A lot has happened in the tech world in the last decade. What about what you're seeing on the West Coast? Um, what's going to be the lasting impact of COVID, let's say on, on the San Francisco area or the Silicon Valley area? I know you play in the California market as well. Yeah.
0: But we were just talking about that this morning in a, a family meeting that we had. Um you know it's it's very interesting that, that the the technology companies have been based out in silicon valley right just south of san francisco and what had been happening for the past 10 years is that the major companies have had to provide Free bus service, luxury liner type service for all their staff to go to Silicon Valley, um, and because all the young staff wanted to live in a central city, they right. wanted the energy of a city and all that so i don't think that's going away um, so uh, the the residential population and the, and, the, and, the, and the demand for living in a in, you know a very very right, dynamic right. environment isn't changing, and some of the st- and the tenants have moved into into san francisco we my family signed a lease with the sauNA Corporation for. Uh, over 300,000 square feet in a new building that was just built. And, and they are, yeah. you know, putting in tenant improvements actively and looking to well, occupy this summer. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic.
1: All right, crossing my fingers on that. You're gonna have to come back soon because we're running out of time. Kent be Well, uh, nice to catch up with you. Kent Swig, president of Swig Equities.